Welcome to Spilling the Title Tea, where we talk a lot about life and a little about business. Your host, Ashley Ramsey, will be sitting down with guests from all different sectors of the real estate industry to tell you their real life stories. From hardships to triumphs and business to personal lives, we promise to bring you the tea. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spilling the Title Tea. Today's guest is Melissa Buckley. She is a title agency account executive. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Hi, Ashley. I've been looking forward to talking to you, so thank you for having me. So I had basically just gave this really long title for you, which was a tongue twister, and people outside of this industry have zero idea what a title agency account executive is, but your role in this industry is so important. So can you share with the audience a little bit about what a title agency itself is and then what you do in your role? Well, I'm so happy to answer that. And believe it or not, I get that question often. So I'll start out with what a title insurance underwriter does. And that is who I represent. And what they do is they authorize and issue authority to title agencies, just like Springdale Title, to write the title insurance policies. And a title agency like Springdale Title is you all are boots on the ground and you all do your due diligence in order for that policy to be most effective when it's issued at closing. The underwriter, they really do assume the ultimate financial risk. And because of that, we also want the business of our title agencies like you. So I guess you could say I'm kind of the go-between between my clients like Springdale Title and the underwriter. I think that sums it up pretty well for a layman. You know, somebody that's like, what in the world? Title insurance underwriters and title companies, who even knows what this is and who these people even are. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about how you got in this industry, because it's a little bit of a quirky industry. It really is. And like I said earlier, a lot of people really don't know what we do, but ultimately we issue policies. You all issue the policies on our behalf so that your clients are protected. And really what you do is you solve a problem, right? And we help you with that. But like most people, I had no idea what title insurance was, what it did. And in 2004, I worked for a hotel group and I did a lot of overnight travel Monday through Thursday. And I was also serving on a charity board. Well, at that time, one of the board members worked at a title company and he needed a salesperson. And when he offered me the job, I'm embarrassed to say I only asked two questions. And first was, how many overnight trips do I need to make weekly? And what is title insurance? (laughs) You know, that was a long time ago. But, you know, 20 years later, I think what we do, Ashley, is extremely important. And title insurance really does solve a significant problem of protecting the ownership of a property, whether that is a personal home, vacant land, or even a commercial building. But one thing I do want to say about that is, if I could, is give you all a huge compliment because Springdale Title does such an outstanding job to protect and bring awareness to your lending, realtor partners, and even more so the consumers. Well, thank you. 
I appreciate that. Well, I feel like we learn something new every day. And what the hilarious part about this is we're sitting here talking about the importance of title insurance. And just this morning, this was not pre-planned. Just this morning, we had a title search come in on a property that we are working on for a lender. And there is an unreleased mortgage on that property. So, you know, I'm thinking, oh, when these people bought the property, you know, the mortgage was probably paid off at that time and the bank has just not released it. So, you know, you call, you say, hey, can I get a copy of, you know, your settlement statement so we can kind of figure out if it was paid and get some proof and whatnot. The mortgage was not paid. So thankfully, this client did buy an owner's policy when they closed, when they originally purchased the property. But that's just such a significant example of why it's so important to ensure such a big asset when you buy it. Absolutely. And, you know, just like any insurance company, when a policy is purchased and there's a claim made, that truly is when the underwriter jumps into action. And, you know, really what the title insurance underwriter does with that policy when there's a claim made, they can either defend that issue, which there's a lot of court costs and attorney costs that go into defense, as you know, or they pay out any loss. And in some cases, that is really huge. Right now, a sad but growing trend is seller impersonation fraud. And title insurance can potentially cover loss in that case as well with a certain policy type. Yeah. Important things to know that, you know, people don't necessarily just realize up front. But like I was saying, you know, we learn something new every day. And hopefully our audience can say today that they have learned something new in this conversation that we're having about, you know, the importance of title insurance and what underwriters do and why it's so important. But, you know, on that train of thought of learning new things and life lessons, I know that you have had some learning moments in the past few years, not just in business, but on a personal level. And I would love it if you would share a little bit of your journey with our audience. Oh, gosh. I've been on a journey for sure. You know, I'm 53. I do not mind saying that. And I have been learning something new. I feel all the time. I definitely embrace change and learning new things about myself, you know, not only to help myself, but also to hopefully, you know, bring something positive for those that are around me, you know, as I learn new things and adjust. You know, at the age of 15, I have been on my own, but at that time, I was really fortunate that a dear friend's family brought me to live with them. And, you know, after that, I graduated, I put myself through college, I worked various jobs, many times, multiple jobs at the same time. I struggled a lot. I failed a lot, but mostly during that time, you know, at that age, I learned how to bring myself out of, you know, some pretty tough situations. And, you know, one of my first sales jobs was actually, believe it or not, I was selling cosmetics in this high-end department store where I really and truly thought I'd hit the big time. (laughs) It all seemed very glamorous to me. But as I was selling, I really wasn't, you know, the highest seller. I didn't sell the most volume of products. But what I realized what I was doing at that time is I was helping to solve a problem for women and I was selling them products that they could learn or their skin would change, it would get better. And what they did is made them feel different of how they looked at themselves. And I absolutely, absolutely love that. And that job 
you know, led me to another sales job. I was actually recruited by one of my clients at that time. She bought some cosmetics from me and she hired me to be her director for her day spa. And actually, that is where I fell in love with everything business and everything sales. I was 25 at the time, and I just really thought I knew everything, which is really embarrassing to say. <laughs> but don't we all at 25 think we figured the world out? Oh, I found some old notes, and I was like, boy, I really thought I knew everything, and I didn't. Um, <laughs> but, you know, five years later, I became very ill with acute kidney disease, and I had to do chemo for 15 months to suppress my immune system, and that's because I have lupus. And, you know, once again, God bless me, and thankfully, I was dating somebody at that time who have a wonderful family, still has a wonderful family, and they took care of me because I could not work. I was grateful for that care, absolutely, but I really struggled letting my independence go. And it really felt like torture because I had to depend on somebody else other than myself. And, you know, after going into remission, I continued my sales career and I thrived. But there's another setback, believe it or not. In 2018, they found a tumor on my carotid artery. And as you can imagine, that was very, very scary. And I was told that that type of tumor and its location was very rare. And Ashley, that point in 2018, that was a significant and market point in my life. And during that time, I really felt myself grasping for hope and for peace because I was overwhelmed with fear and a lot of sadness. And at that time, I asked anybody and everybody who was willing, I asked them to pray for me. And you, my friend, were one of those people. (laughs) I remember it well. I do too. I remember exactly where we were. And Ashley, that day was a significant time in my life too. I felt throughout that whole ordeal, I truly felt like I was white knuckling it through fear. And that's a terrible feeling to have. And through constant prayer, and even with your prayer, I would see glimpses of light and peace. But that light would go away, and it would become dark again. Looking back, I do believe that is when I really began my true relationship with Christ. I was really like a baby. And funny, I really thought I had a strong faith back then. (laughs) But looking back, I really was a baby. I was learning everything new about God and a relationship with God and what that looks like. Little by little, step by step, I started to begin to depend on Jesus. And you know, something else that changed is I also began my, I'm going to call it my spiritual strength training and just growing those muscles. You know, Jesus brought me out again, another terrible situation. You know, I feel like I don't even know how many times that happened, but here he was again to see me through. He brought me out of the other side. And Ashley, I believe because of that experience, that seed was now firmly planted in my soul. And I'm so happy to say that since then, I've continued to strengthen and work out the spiritual muscles. <laughs> and You know, I can honestly say without any doubt 
that I'm reaping those benefits of having that relationship with Christ. So, (laughs) well, I love what you said when you said, well, I thought that I had really a lot of strength, a lot of faith, but none of us know what we have, whether it's faith, courage, hope. None of us know the level that we truly possess if it's never been tested. I could not say it better myself as I was thinking about my journey and a look back, even being 15, being on my own, even with the acute kidney disease, you know, for whatever reason, I must have not felt a true test because God was seeing me through and he was putting people in my life to care for me. But two months ago, Ashley, there was another test. Oh, <laughs> uh, they found a spot on my left breast. And I was traveling on the interstate when I received that dreaded call back from the hospital. And the first thing I did after calling my husband is I called my ride or die trusted soul sister. And that was you. And Ashley, you prayed with me. You prayed over me. And I can't remember the exact words you used, but I knew in the deepest part of my being and in my soul and in that very moment, not to be afraid and that Jesus had great plans for me. I can't really describe it, but I felt a complete removal of fear. And I just felt like this gladness and peace. You want to look back because you're always, you live life forward, but you learn backwards, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. Oh my gosh. But the difference between the experiences I had two months ago, if you can imagine getting that call back versus five years ago, is that there was this light switch of peace that remained on. And, you know, of course, I'm human and it did dim a little bit. And especially the day of my biopsy, not too long ago. But the key here for me, especially, is that light remained on. And it never fully went dark again. And I'm happy to say that I did receive the results last week and it's benign. So here Jesus is again, saving me. But more importantly, what I'm really happy to share with anybody who's willing to listen is I also know the reason why that light stayed on. And that is because I've changed my habits. Instead of frantically going to Jesus, when things are off or scary, and then forgetting about him when things are well, which I know is human nature. But now I just do my best to stay with him daily. Some days that means I need to remain with him minute by minute (laughs) or second by second. But that has been such a huge lesson for me, you know, that I've learned ultimately that even on my worst days with Jesus, you know, when you get calls like that, is still way better than what I would have thought being my best days without him are. That's powerful, really, the way that you said that. And, you know, from somebody on the outside looking in who has seen, you know, both of those recent incidences from 2018 to now, I can say 100% that you walked through this second one completely different person than you did in 2018. It was just a completely different Melissa. It was just so heartwarming on my end to watch. And it was like, you have been lifting those spiritual weights, getting those arm muscles. <laughs> and, you know, you can tell the difference. I could see it. It was a manifest difference. 
So, I mean, I know that the work that you put in over all that time, you know, to grow your relationship with God made a difference because I witnessed it firsthand. Oh, well, I'm so glad that you as my friend didn't have to endure call after call after call. Because <laughs> I know I was a little crazy back in 2018 and I realized that <laughs> you weren't crazy. It was scary. And, you know, sometimes it's just hard to handle the scary situations. And, you know, it's also hard. Like, I think back about your entire life's journey. And like you said, I mean, just being on your own since you were 15 and it's just multiple things. And at some point in time, sometimes you just want to be like, this is a little unfair. Like, how much can one person be expected to deal with in a lifetime? And so I can understand from a human nature, it would be hard every now and then to not get a little self-pity going. But man, you're just so tough. I've never seen, I mean, obviously, you know, you talked about your fear. I've seen you worried about how things were going to turn out. But I have never just seen you sit down and wallow in the why me's. And I think that that is just a testament to your character. Well, that means a lot to me hearing you say that because I've felt internally different. (laughs) And I read real recent you can't be pitiful and powerful at the same time. Ooh, ain't like that. It just sort of sticks, right? Like, what are you going to be, pitiful or powerful? And, you know, attitude is a choice. And again, for me personally, if I have the knowledge of what Christ's promises are, and I continue in that knowledge, whatever it is that he will see me through. He won't get me out of it, probably. But as you can see, I always come out the other side. Absolutely. You know, I think that's the big thing with people who deal with fear and anxiety that stems from fear. You have that end of the world mentality of if this had been life is over instead of, okay, there are some things that could take place. I'm not going to worry about the things that haven't happened yet. We're just going to let things progress the way they will. But no matter what happens, I'm going to come out the other side of this in some form or fashion, which I know is easier said by somebody on the outside of the situation. You know, it's much harder to walk through that when it's your personal battle. But that's why you have people around you to cheer you on and lift you up when you're having a difficult time encouraging yourself. Yeah. And, you know, back in 2018, I think I said that anybody who was willing to listen, oh, begging for prayers, you know, I have a different mindset. Anybody who's willing to listen, I want to share my testimony, you know, and testimony doesn't come without a test. We've all heard that. Mm-hmm. And I feel deeply that's true. And I just want to share with people that there is a way to have peace, even in the worst circumstances. Yeah. And that's so true. And like I said, there's not a testimony without a test. And listen, nobody wants to raise their hand and say, oh, please let hard things come my way. But in hindsight, when you look back over it, I feel like, and you can tell me if I'm wrong on your end, but I feel like when you look back on things like that, it's like, okay, yeah, I wouldn't have chosen it. But now that I'm on the other side of it, I can say, man, look where I was and where I am now and can be thankful for the growth and the experience of it. There's no doubt about that. I'm not asking for more. (laughs) So Lord, (laughs) I'm out. Pause for a minute. But there's no doubt about it. I can think of other examples. And, you know, we live forward. We learn backwards. 
And it's 100% correct. I've learned so much and I've grown so much and I wouldn't be where I am without those experiences. Absolutely. Well, and too, like, I mean, I know that when you're faced with things like that and you're like, okay, you know, not sure what the results of this test are going to be, not sure what the results of this surgery is going to be and things like that. You know, it makes you focus on different things in life. It shifts your priorities back into focus on what's actually important in the day to day and the here and now. What advice do you have for our listeners? You know, anybody that's in a season of life where, you know, maybe their priorities are shifting, you know, maybe they realize that their focus is not on the real valuable things in life. And, you know, they're just in a season of trying to kind of get back to what's really important, what their focus should be on and how they should kind of handle those tests when they come along. Well, I think what's worked for me throughout all of this is I'll go back to that seed that was firmly planted is make sure you do have that seed and water that and nurture that. And through that, what I've learned is that dependence on God and allowing that quiet time for Him to reveal to me what I can do, what I should do. And it does take time. It does take effort to gain that discernment and wisdom. I mean, I still am working on it, you know, especially when you have a tough decision to make, for example, something that I hadn't really thought of, but until it occurred is, you know, fasting is something wonderful to clear your mind, to get your mind in a place where you can listen to what is best. What are the real values? Who are you impacting and where are you going to make the most impact? Not only just for yourself, but usually for others around you. How can you serve them? How can you love them also? And to resist staying in that pity party and to resist being self-absorbed by your situation and just look outward while you're in it and try to serve and help others. Life lesson right there. Words to live by by Melissa Buckley. (laughs) Put it in writing. Oh my goodness, Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the show today, for sharing your life story and just being you and being such a great friend. I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful that our audience got to hear, you know, the testimony of what you've had to walk through. I am going to put information in the podcast description so that if you want to get in touch with Melissa, we're going to put her social media on there. If you want to get in touch with her about what in the world she does for a living, um, <laughs> or really, you know, just to reach out and say, you know, hey, I'm going through something similar or hey, your story really helped encourage me. We're going to give you the ability to do that by putting her information out there for you. And thanks again, as always, for joining us on another episode of Spilling the Title Tea, where we talk a little bit about business and a lot about life. That's all the tea we have for you this week. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode of Spilling the Title Tea and visit us online for more valuable resources at springdaletitle.com. Spilling the Title Tea.